Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today uh, to take your leadership to the next level. Exclusively now part of the SCU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kent Engel, president of Southeastern University. Excited today to introduce our co-host for today's show, Dean Wegner. Dean is the founder and CEO of Authentically American. He also served the United States Army as a captain, helicopter pilot, and U.S. Army Ranger. Wow, Dean, it's an honor to have you on the show today. Well, Ken, I could not be more excited to be here because, one, it's a privilege to spend time with you, but one of my absolute favorite topics is leadership, and it's one that's so critically important and one that no matter how hard I try, I can always get better at being a great leader. Well, again, thank you for for this, uh, what we know is going to be a great conversation, and I am excited about this conversation. I want us to begin with, I think it'd be good for our listeners to uh, have uh, your background so they can know more uh, about you. You spent your collegiate career at West Point, received your undergraduate degree, and then uh, after your college years, you served in the Army as an officer, helicopter pilot, U.S. Army Ranger. Uh, Talk to us about your experiences uh, at West Point. What was that like? So it was not always a lot of fun, Kent. (laughs) I mean, as a new high school student, you know, a lot of my friends were going to a state school. I was in Pittsburgh. A lot of my friends were going to Penn State, which is a phenomenal university. But it's quite a different experience at Penn State or any state school versus being at West Point. But I will tell you, Ken, more than 25 years later, I could not be more thankful for the experience, the education, you know, the commitment to values, everything I learned there. And it's really all about service. Yeah, It's all about service to country. It's all about serving your soldiers that you're going to be leading. And that was really one of the foundational elements for me as a leader. It goes all the way back to West Point. Yeah. And how did you how did you first know that that's what you wanted to do, that you wanted to go into that aspect and focus on that? Did you have a what was that discovery like for you? Well, Kent, as a 17-year-old, immature, arrogant, cocky (laughs) teenager, I had no idea what I wanted. And I was a hockey player. And one of my goals coming out of high school and looking at college really wanted to accomplish two things. Kent, one, I really had a dream of playing Division I hockey and also realized the value of a great education. And when the coach from West Point called and said they were interested And I looked into the program. I said, that's not only a good program, but it's one I can play at. And then when I did more research on West Point and the incredible education there, and that year it was ranked number one by U.S. News and World Report. So I thought, here is the perfect opportunity to get my dreams of playing Division I hockey and getting an incredible education. Yeah. What, l- let me ask you this. What did you learn about um, discipline in your time in the military? Discipline is extremely important for leaders. Uh, and and what, what did you learn at West Point? I think to me, Ken, it is foundational. And one of the funny stories that's always out there, you're taught this your very first day there, is Dean Kent, as a new cadet, you've got four responses. It's yes, sir, no, sir, sir, I don't understand, or no excuse. (laughs) So it's all about discipline. We don't want to hear this long story about why you didn't get something done. It's one of those four. And that's just a funny story of how that discipline really starts to get integrated at a very early stage at your West Point experience. And it's always fun to look at a traditional state school college dorm room versus a West Point dorm room. And as you can imagine looks markedly different and 
you know, just the little things that starts to make such a difference in leadership and overall in life. And, you know, are your shoes lined up? And is your bed made nice and tight? I mean, there's so many things that seem little and trivial, but really go a long way to instilling that discipline. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned you, you, you played collegiate hockey so at West Point. Um, how'd you make the jump from playing collegiate hockey at West Point to being a helicopter pilot? How did you discover that that's what you wanted to do post-college? That was quite a process, Kent, because I didn't realize this coming into West Point, and as you approach your senior year, you pick a branch, but there are 18 different choices you have. Okay. So there's infantry, which is the heart and soul of the Army. There's armor, which is all about tanks. There's field artillery. There's aviation, flying helicopters. There's all those combat arms, but there's also combat support, whether it's transportation or finance or military police. And I was really torn, Kent, between two. I was thinking infantry, the heart and soul of the Army, or if you remember that movie Top Gun, Yes, I was thinking aviation ah. could be the way to go. And ultimately, the Top Gun sentiments won out, so I ended up choosing flight school and spent a year learning how to fly helicopters, Kent. But I was still wondering, at, at flight school, did I make the right choice? Because on one end of the spectrum of the Army is aviation. On the opposite end is Special Forces, Rangers, Infantry, that side. And Kent... It's interesting tying in leadership to my entrepreneurial journey. They made an announcement at flight school and said, guys, once in a lifetime opportunity, we're going to have a competition and send one of you to ranger school. Hmm. I thought, well, here is my chance to see how the other half lived. And I was very fortunate. Kent won that competition, had an opportunity to go to ranger school and found out just how miserable it was in that experience. <laughs> and, and looking back over that entire uh, collegiate experience, w- how did that shape you, your time there? How did it shape you to become the leader that you are today? Well, Ken, I think a, a big part of leadership is all about service, and I'm a big servant leader. It's all about commitment and sacrifice, and you know that is one of those lessons learned from Ranger School, you know, it really taught me the lesson on how much you can do without. And there's a lot of doctrine and tactics in Ranger School, but at its core, Ranger School is a leadership course. Yeah. And yeah. what they do is they deprive you of everything you think you need to survive, namely food and sleep, and then put you in incredibly stressful situations. So for 68 days straight, Ken, you're living on one meal a day and two to three hours of sleep. Wow. And we started on day one with 340 of us. 68 days later, there were only 72 left. Hmm. And it was a big lesson that I lead today in my entrepreneurial journey because I didn't know it back then. But Ranger School was such great training, not only in leadership, but being an entrepreneur because it was all about no sleep and incredible stress. And that's the life I'm living now. Yeah. How to navigate through all those those uh, circumstances. Now, uh, how did you develop that kind of... Um, as I listen to that, how did you develop that kind of mental toughness uh, that you would need to, to you know, uh, navigate the tough choices and decisions you'd make as an entrepreneur, as a leader? I think part of there is that innate God-given DNA, you know, which is all about grittiness. But I think also we are a product of our environment. 
And our family, my wife and I, we have four amazing kids. You know, our youngest son is adopted from Ethiopia. So family's very important. We're a big sports family. But that was for me growing up. And hockey, Ken, is such a tough, gritty sport. And that was one of the great lessons learned on, you know what, I was never the most talented, but I prided myself on being one of the hardest workers. Yeah. And that grittiness, that drive, that perseverance has carried over from the sports into schooling and ultimately into business as well. Yeah. Now, while, now while you were serving in military, you were able to earn your MBA um, yes. in finance from California State University. From there, you begin your career uh, as a project manager with KPMG Consulting, uh, which was at the time a what was it? It was a big five firm. Yes. Um, and and you uh, you spent more than ten years in you know in the consumer packaged goods industry do- doing marketing and and business development. Talk to us about how you made the transition from serving the U.S. military now to the business sector. So it was an incredible journey, and I emphasize the journey because after West Point, after flight school, after Ranger school, served seven years in Kent. I love serving my country but also loved my family. And the one concern I had was the you know, time away from family. And I was wondering what the next step would be. And I had an opportunity, as you mentioned, to go to school at night and get my MBA at Cal State. And it was an incredible grind, you know, going to school at night. But I found out that I really had a strong interest and a decent aptitude for business. And for the first time ever, you know, I really enjoyed school. My undergraduate degree was in engineering and it was a phenomenal education Kent but I didn't always enjoy it Mm. but when we started doing business case studies and seeing the application of business I'm like I really enjoy this yeah I see the opportunity how I could apply this so that schooling at night at Cal State really enforced that okay after my seven-year commitment is done it's time to transition and that's ultimately where that journey led I went to a job conference had an incredible opportunity to join a big five consulting firm, KPMG, and that's where it all started. Yeah, I, I'm curious. In your opinion, what are uh, what are some advantages that actually veterans have in the business sector that maybe normal, you know, civilians don't have? <laughs> I think it it gets back to discipline. And okay. one of these sayings that I've always laughed at because I've lived it is that old saying that in the army. You know, we do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Ah, that's great. And I think that gets back to that work ethic. Sure. And that is really carried over. And I mean, that's one piece. I'm also a big, you know, fitness enthusiast. So my days always start out the same way. One, I'm on my knees in prayer because Christian faith is first and foremost in my life. And then I make sure every day I get in a workout. I think that exercise, that capacity that provides you, that energy is so critically important. But you know what? Life's incredibly rewarding, but when you're doing something that's hard, you know what? You got to have something to draw on. And that's where that, you know, those experiences back from West Point and the Army really start to go ahead and 
helped shape me. Yeah. No, so so important the the self awareness, but but that self management, that holistic management of your life, uh, uh, mental, physical, spiritual. Uh, yeah, so good, so rich. You continued your career and became the president and CEO of Omega Apparel, which was a leading supplier of dress uniforms, actually in the U.S. military. Company exploded under your leadership, allowing for a move into the commercial market uh, as well as professional service uh, business. I think it was in 2017 you executed a buyout with your business partner that enabled you to shift your focus to a brand new endeavor. Talk to us uh, about your time with Omega Apparel. You got it, Kent. And that transition ultimately was out of a personal desire because you had mentioned time at Procter & Gamble working on brands like Crest and Tide, time at Mars working on brands like M&Ms and Snickers. And Kent, one of the reasons I left the Army was to stop moving. Mm. Wanted to plant roots, invest in a community, and moved even more after the Army. Procter & Gamble, for example, in six years, lived in four different cities. And Nashville is just an amazing city. And my wife grew up in Tennessee. So in 2010, when we arrived in Nashville, it was move number 10. Oh, wow. And I knew if move number 11 was coming, I was going by myself. (laughs) (laughs) No one else was going with me. And At that time, I was working for Mars, and it's an incredible company. They were taking phenomenal care of me. But at some point, Ken, they were going to say, Dean, it's time to go. Yeah, We're making a big investment in you. It's time to go run this country, run this this unit. It'd be somewhere outside of Nashville, and I'd say no. And I couldn't get away with that more than once. Mm. So that ultimately led me to buying Omega Apparel in 2012. And I love that company because... It was in the government contract business, producing dress uniforms for the military. And I thought here was my way to indirectly connect back to the military. And I love my time in the military service to country. But it also taught me an invaluable lesson, Kent, because one of those leadership lessons is make sure that you stay in your area of giftedness. And we were a manufacturing company. And my background after the Army has primarily been in sales, marketing, business development, branding, and strategy. So I was a little bit in a fish out of water, and that ultimately led to the transition in 2017 and the buyout from my partner. Yeah, uh, and and so so good this this idea of understanding your gift mix, and that's one. In fact, our our mission statement here at, at Southeastern University is to help students discover and develop their divine design, uh, their gifts, their passions, uh, their abilities, all of those things that they were wired with uh, in in the way they were created. Why? So they can go out and serve, and they can have that influence and impact. So I I love what you're what you're saying and how that applied to your life. As a president, as a CEO, what did you learn about yourself in in your leadership style? Well, I will share kind of the old, immature, arrogant part, because when I graduated from West Point, I mean, just four years of just incredible leadership training, and they really, you know, institute into you that, okay, you know, be clear on who you are as a leader, what you stand for. And, you know, one of those immature things was, well, I always want to be the smartest one in the room. Ah. And I started to realize after I got married, I'm not even the smartest one in my home. So, <laughs> We've all learned that. <laughs> realized that. As the organizations got bigger, that if I don't surround myself with people smarter than me, 
Yeah. I'm going to be the biggest limiting factor and where we're going to go in the future. So now that whole perspective has gone 180. And my goal when we're hiring people, you know what, how do I find people that are always smarter than me? Sure. And as a servant leadership, servant leader, I want to break down those barriers. I want to go ahead and help provide for my team. But when they are more gifted and they feel empowered and have an opportunity to go ahead and make a difference, it is just incredible what happens. Yeah. I mean, it literally can can transform the organization when that kind of empowerment happens. How how you you, you then I believe I, I mentioned it was 2017 you executed a, a buyout with your business partner. How difficult was it to make the decision to execute that buyout? I think what started first, Ken was the decision on why we went down that path because one of the things professionally I'm most passionate about is job creation. Yeah. And my thinking was, well, I want to win more contracts because that way we could create more jobs. But why I started to realize and really had an epiphany at one point, I realized that if we win more government contracts, can we don't actually create jobs, we just outbid another supplier. Hmm. And here's a an incredible historical reference point for the apparel industry. So when I graduated from West Point in 1993, over 50% of the apparel in the U.S. was made in the U.S. Mm. Today, it's less than three. I mean, that is all that's made here. Wow. And think wow. back to all that branding and marketing experience. I had at Procter & Gamble on Mars, and this is where the wheels started turning. And I thought, what if, instead of being in the government contracting business, we were in the brand building business? And what if we chose the road less traveled instead of what 97% of brands do and produce overseas, produce in China? What if we only produced here in the U.S.? Yeah. Think of the jobs we could create. Think of the difference we could make. And if we're successful, ultimately, think of the legacy we could leave. And that was really the you know birthing point of Authentically American. Yeah. After stepping away from Omega, you, you, as you mentioned, you began to shift your focus towards uh, authentically American, and you created this company as a way of bringing jobs back into the, into the U.S. Everything you sell, as you mentioned, manufactured right here in the States. One of your core values is to be, and I love this, is to be disruptive. Um, can, can you talk to us a little bit about that core value? Absolutely. And this is all about as a startup, and this would be a great recommendation for any one of your listeners that want to go down the entrepreneurial path. You have to be innovative. You ultimately have to differentiate yourself. And the sheer fact, Kent, that we are American-made and only 3% of the apparel in the U.S. is made in the U.S. is a key point of differentiation. But to me, it is more than that because ultimately we're a consumer brand. And we need to deliver an amazing product experience. And if you would afford me this opportunity, Kent, would love to do a kindergarten-style show-and-tell on one of our products. Okay, sure, absolutely. So, I love the fact, Kent, that we're here via Zoom. We can see each other. But what we miss out on is if you had an opportunity to touch and feel this T-shirt firsthand, you'd be like, Dean, wow, it's incredibly soft. And we only used a water-based ink, so it's incredibly soft. It's not that heavy plastisol ink, so on a hot floor today, you know, it sticks to your chest. Right, right. So you'd see, like, Dean, this is just an amazing t-shirt. But here's where the innovation is and that point of differentiation, because this is our new sweat-activated print innovation. So, Kent, at West Point, it's all about Go Army, Beat Navy. 
And here's what happens when you sweat. You can see that beat navy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, look at that. A, and here's on the back. <laughs> you know, here is that, that beat is navy great. that appears on the back. And can, here's what people say. They say, Dean, forget where it's made. That is just an amazing product. They absolutely love it. And here's what happens. Then they look at the tag. They're like, made in USA. And then they see Authentically American, they go to our website and they learn the ethos behind our brand, being a brand that celebrates patriotism, being a brand that believes in the American worker and being a brand that honors our American heroes by donating 10% of our profits to veteran and first responder charities. That's where we fast become someone's favorite brand, but it starts with amazing product. And this product, Kent, is a great way to showcase that differentiation. Yeah. No. Wow. Why, uh, why do you think job creation is so disruptive to our country today? Here's my feeling, Kent, and the reason why I'm so passionate about job creation. I talked about, you know, my faith and then my family. Right. You know, my wife and I celebrated 26 years of marriage. We're going at number 27. And our kids, we go out of our way to make sure we just have this amazing family. And when we hire people... You know, it's that extended family here at Authentically American. And for me, I take great pride in that because at holidays, when I hear the stories about Christmas and I can hear the you know, gifts that they're able to provide their kids or the experiences that they're able to have. I mean, to me, that brings me incredible joy and in being able to make a difference in their lives and being able to provide for their livelihood. Yeah. I want to ask you this question because it's uh, actually a topic of conversation uh, in our nation today. Uh patriotism. What, what does patriotism mean to you? So to me, patriotism and the way we define it, you know, we are a brand that loves our country. Yeah. We love what our country stands for. And that's, you know, the greatest nation in the world. It means to me also, you know, our country was founded on that melting pot principle. And I'd mentioned our four children, Kent, our youngest child, we adopted from Ethiopia eight years ago. Hmm. And I like to talk about how important it is to embrace diversity, and in this case, racial diversity. And that's something my wife and I believe, and we practice firsthand. So all these type of things start to come together. I love and belief in our country. We talked a lot about leadership and serving. I mean, right. all that comes into that you know definition for us of what it believes around patriotism. Yeah. So good. Well, I want to move into our fire round as we close our, our conversation out today. And I want to just ask you a few questions pertaining to your life and career and, and just kind of answer with your gut. Uh, these are going to be very, <laughs> these are going to be very practical and applicable to the lives of our listeners. So here's the first one. What is one thing you learned in the military that is applicable to everyone in life? So this is all about servant leadership and putting others before yourself. And that's the way I start every day, Kent, is how do I equip my team for success and what do they need to be successful? Yeah, that's good. Here's a question. What advice would you give to a student? Uh, we have several students on our campus who are thinking about joining the military. To me, Kent, there is no greater profession than the military and service to your country. And it may not be for everyone, but just the sense of duty 
and the service and commitment and opportunity to serve your country, to me, it is just an incredible honor to raise your right hand and preserve, to commit, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Yeah. And, and you're reinforcing the foundation that it's always about others, others-oriented. Absolutely. No, that's so good. Final question. What encouragement would you give to a leader who is in the midst of building something new, but hasn't yet realized success? I am there right now, Kent. I mean, we're three years in, and I'll tell you, this was our business plan four years ago. I mean, it was a blank sheet of paper. And I will tell you, I am just incredibly exhausted because every single nut and bolt and system and process and everything with our business, we've had to build from scratch. But I will tell you, Kent, when you start with a blank sheet of paper, you can be so intentional about who you are and what you stand for and your values. And I will tell you, it's a long and arduous journey. It's exhausting, but it's so incredibly rewarding as well. And I would just say, keep the faith. You know, keep driving on, keep perseverance. And I'm sure there's show notes here, Kent. So you are welcome to include my contact information because so many people have invested in me over my career. When somebody reaches out, I really don't have time, but I make it a priority to invest that time. Yeah, no, appreciate very much that you you do that and you take the time to invest. Well, Dean, not only do I want to thank you for joining me today on Framework Leadership, but I want to thank you for your service uh, to the United States and and how you have served. Grateful for the insight that you have provided today on uh, this episode. And if you want to stay uh, connected with Dean Authentically American, you can check out his website, authenticallyamericanbrand.us. Is that, have I got that right? That is correct. .us just makes sense, given everything is American-made. That's right. And that's uh, a grateful that we can uh, have that as a resource. So that's all we have for today's episode. We uh, hope you will join us again next time on Framework Leadership. <music>